Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Before getting into today's episode, I do just want to display a quick trigger warning. Um, there is just mention of numbers when it comes to weight loss, weight gain, binge eating, um, things of that nature. So just keep that in mind if any of those things potentially trigger or upset you, just click off. Um, but if not, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Bobby Podcast. My name is Bobby Kazmaier, and for the last year and a half, I've been creating content on TikTok and through this podcast navigating my experiences in ED recovery, what I've learned in recovery, um, how I've been able to overcome certain struggles with EDs and recovery, going through all my experiences, sharing them with you guys because I've found a true passion for helping and inspiring others going through similar struggles I was going through with food. Um, and now using my experiences and learning from them to share that knowledge with others. And I want to reiterate the fact with this podcast, I am simply sharing my own experiences. I am not a licensed nutritionist. I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm not an eating disorder recovery coach. I'm not certified, not licensed in anything. I'm simply sharing my own experiences through eating disorder recovery um, through this last year and a half, I've been able to grow a following of over 200,000 people on TikTok, which to this day still blows my mind. Um, but like I said, I've been able to use my platform on TikTok to um, help others, make others feel less alone um, if they're struggling with food or body image or anything along those lines. And it's truly been amazing. Um, and I love this podcast, especially because I love the fact that I'm able to express what I want to say in a longer form of content. There's only so much you can fit into a TikTok or an Instagram reel. Um, being able to just sit with a microphone and just really be authentic for 30 minutes to an hour is amazing. Uh, it's really, it's, it's, it's truly great. It's awesome that I'm even able to do this. Um, so that being said, I really hope you enjoy the episode and thank you so much for listening. Today's guest on the podcast is Stephen Campolo. Stephen is a coach in the fitness industry with an audience of over 265,000 on Instagram. Uh, but that's not why I had him on the show today. I had him on the show. Well, he actually reached out to me a couple of days ago on Instagram. I've never heard of him up until uh, the DM he sent me on Sunday, I believe. Uh, and he mentioned his history history with binge eating and how it like literally almost killed him, which you'll find out why later in the episode. Um, and just, you know, he reached out and just, you know, let me know how like little binge eating is openly discussed, you know, whether it just be in the industry he's in, like the fitness industry or just in general. And he just like, you know, thought it was really cool. There was like another guy out there openly talking about this kind of stuff because he openly talks about this kind of stuff on his uh, social media profiles, which, which I think is just really inspiring. So, you know, I was immediately intrigued and interested to speak with Steven um, just because, you know, it, it is always nice to hear from another male who's had a history you know, with food and have struggled with food before. Um, it's just always nice to have that, like, I guess, shared bond. 
Um, but no, Stephen was incredibly vulnerable in this episode. He he told his entire story with his struggles with binge eating and you know how it kind of stemmed from being the former fat kid, which I can relate to, uh, which caused him to lose a lot of weight really quickly. You know, going into competing into bodybuilding shows that forced him to you know severely restrict to end up binging for a long time after. Um, we talked about food addiction um, and like how it kind of compares with like other substance abuse and addiction, like alcohol and drugs, and how there's like similar tendencies between each one. Um, but yeah, overall, it was just, you know, insane how much I can relate to what Steven was saying. Um, and it was just a pleasure speaking with him. So um, I really hope you enjoyed that. I really hope you enjoy this episode. And um, if this is the first time listening, make sure to check out all my other episodes. Um, leave a review. It helps the podcast out a ton. Um, I really appreciate it and uh, enjoy the episode. Okay, we have Steven here. Steven, thank you so much for reaching out to me the other day. Um, I really had no idea who you were until like two days ago when you DM me on Instagram tell me about how you could relate to, you know, struggles with binge eating in the past and how that correlates with fitness and the exercise in, uh, industry, because that's where you are right now. Uh, but for those who don't know who you are, just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're here today. Yeah, man. So I, um, first off, thank you for having me. I, I actually first found out about you a few months ago on TikTok, and then you randomly popped up on my Instagram feed the other day. I'm like, that's the kid from TikTok. I got to reach out to him. So um, really appreciate your openness and vulnerability and honesty with me you know, or, you know, with, with the world about your, your struggle with uh, food. Um, so yeah, man, I started my fitness journey about 20 years ago. I was a really big overweight kid to put it nicely. Um, you know, I was, I was, I was the heavy set kid growing up. So I had my fair share of struggles with, you know, going through school and being overweight, um, lost a lot of that when I was about 15, 16 years old, I just decided I didn't want to be, you know, the fat guy anymore. Um, and what had happened was, you know, my weight started to come with consequences too, with, you know, not being able to date the pretty girls or seeing my friends, you know, like play sports and have, you know, great experiences in high school and college. So, that's what really put me on the path to start my own weight loss journey. So, you know, this is almost, I'm 34 now. This is probably when I was like 14, 15 is when I started my initial journey. And I've really been on that path um, ever since. But one thing I tell people is, you know, my relationship with food and my binge eating and eating disorder actually started when I started losing weight and getting in shape, right? Like before then I would just eat whatever I wanted because I was fat and, you know, like I wasn't restricting myself. So if I wanted pizza, I'd have pizza. If I wanted cookies, I'd have cookies. But when I really started struggling with food, it was when I actually started my fitness journey, which is kind of ironic, right? So um, that's, that's, that's my story in a nutshell. Yeah, that's, thank you so much for sharing that. That's really transparent and vulnerable. I really appreciate that. And it's like, it's crazy how much I can relate to that just because like, I, you know, part of the reasons why my struggles with, struggles with food started was because I was constantly around people that were thinner than me and like you know at about because I was you know I'm, I'm very in close proximity with my entire family like extended family and we always hung out and out of all of them I was the heaviest and like I was the you know the fat kid uh so that like drove me to lose weight when I was around the same age as you I think I was a little older I think I was like 15 or 16 when I actually started to like dive in but even before that I would always like try ways to like lose weight I just had no idea how yeah. um so I totally like understand that and it, and you're right it is crazy how like the, the binging part comes in through the restricting, like through the restriction part, because when you're restricting for so long and your body's just craving all these foods at once, you kind of just go crazy and it's all you can yep. think about. And the restrict binge cycle is just, it's a horrible cycle um, to be in. I wouldn't yeah. wish on anybody. So I um, call it the roller coaster from hell, man. It's like, right, yeah. you, you want to get it all out of your system. So, so 
I grew up Italian, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still Italian, but growing up in an Italian home, it's like, you know, Sundays, it's like pasta day and like meatballs and like all the good food, right? So when I started losing weight, I'd be like, all right, I have to make it through this week and just make it to Sunday. And then Sunday I could eat whatever I want. So on Sunday, I would just like engorge from the moment I woke up to the moment I go to bed, I had to eat as much as I could. Cause I knew Monday morning, I'd be back on my crazy restrictive diet. Right. So like this cycle went on for years and years and years until I'm like, all right, dude, you, like, you can't live like this. So, but that's how it started. Yeah. Like you really can't like li- li- living like that sustainably is, is just really tough. And it's like, yeah. I actually want to get your thoughts on this um, while we're on the topic of, just like, what do you think of cheat days? Uh, just cause like for me up until, I don't know, maybe like two or three years ago, I was still like very focused on cheat days and I would use them as an excuse to like, they're pretty much binges in disguise. At least I feel like, yeah. um, I don't know what your thoughts are on them, but I just think like, especially in the fitness industry where you are right now, it's really popular to, to use that term and like, you know, say, Oh, I'm just gonna have a cheat day before, you know, a show or before I perform, whatever like that. Uh, I just want to hear your thoughts on what you think of cheat days because it's a very interesting topic. <laughs> so cheat days really, I, I feel like it really got started, you know, going back to bodybuilding, right? Because I was very active in bodybuilding when I was younger. You know, when I lost all the weight initially, I had a bunch of loose skin, right? Which kind of led me to start working out with weights because when I first started losing weight, I did it the wrong way. I was just running every night. I was eating like chicken and broccoli. So I lost, you know, a good amount of weight pretty quickly, but then again, I had like a lot of loose skin, saggy skin. I'm like, all right, well, at 16 years old, like you don't want to be looking like a melted candle, right? So I started weight training and trying to like figure out what to do. Now, keep in mind, this was like early 2000, right? So there wasn't like YouTube and Instagram and like, there wasn't a lot of information. So all I was getting all my knowledge from like the local bodybuilder at the gym or personal trainers or my dad's friends, you know, like people that were trying to help me. Um, So when it comes to cheat days and things like that, it was very, very like, very evident in bodybuilding specifically, because again, it's like, you can kill yourself all week, um, train really hard, diet really hard. And then you get that one, like, you know, cheat day where you can just go, go completely crazy. Right. The problem with that again, is like, you're kind of falling into this pattern where you're going overly restrictive. You're kind of torturing yourself, pushing your body, um, to a place it doesn't necessarily want to be, and it's not comfortable for, only to go completely the other way. And now you're giving your body this influx of sodium, sugar, you're overloading your body with all this crap, essentially, because let's face it, a cheat day, you're not eating chicken and broccoli, like you're eating all of the wrong stuff, right? So after a cheat day, I would wake up and be like, you know, seven pounds heavier, my face would be bloated, my ankles would be bloated, I would feel negative effects from it for the next like two to three days until my body finally flushed out like all the water and sodium, right? Um, So I, I kind of call, you know, how I approach it now is very different. I like to have, I call it a free meal, right? So if I've been pretty good all week, I'll give myself a free meal. You know, if I know Friday's coming up and I'm going to go out with my family or, you know, girlfriend or friends, like, I'll be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to give myself some leeway on Friday night. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy a free meal or some good food. I'm not going to measure it. I'm not going to track it. I'm not going to be obsessive with it. And then the next day I'll just get right back on my, on my plan. Right. What I try not to do now is allow like one, one free meal to turn into an entire day and then an entire weekend too. Right. Cause a lot of times, like if I started, if I had a cheat meal on a Friday night, well, Saturday morning, I wake up and I'm feeling kind of like lethargic and bloated. And, you know, you feel kind of like guilty from the night before. So you're like, well, the weekend's here. I might as well just blow it today and then blow it tomorrow. And then I'll start again on Monday. Right. Which is like, 
So now you started with one meal and now here you are three days later, you're like, oh my God, what have I done? I just gained like, you know, five pounds, seven pounds from Friday, right? Which is like, really plays a really big mental game with you. So um, cheat days, I'm not a big fan of it because you could do a lot of damage in one day, right? Like, I don't think people understand how much food you could actually eat in a 24 hour period. Like you could put down a lot of food and completely eliminate all the results you've maybe made, you know, from that Monday through Saturday, right? So um, having more balance, I think allowing for more like random free meals throughout the week. If you don't feel like you're restricting yourself too much, you're not really going to need a cheat day to where you have to like engorge yourself for an entire day. I think that's, that's really where, 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 where it can get really unhealthy, just restricting yourself to that one cheat day and just, you know, you could, your, your, your body could get uh, feel the effects of it really, really bad. Yeah. Cause like, I remember, and that, that's all really great stuff. And like, I just remember when I was like in this cheat day mindset, I would feel like, like, like you said, I'd feel like utter shit. Like the next morning, like yeah. I could feel like just the, the blood pumping in my veins and I was trying to go to sleep. Like I just, I wide awake. I'm, I then like the next day I wake up, I'm so tired. I feel like shit. Like, yeah. um, and, um, yeah. And like, and I think when I would have a, a quote unquote cheat day, I, it would just, end up turning into a binge because it's like oh shit like this day is almost over what else can I eat at this point because uh, I've already eaten you know x y and z and there's a, it's like 8 p.m and it's like oh shit well if I'm you know starting over tomorrow I got to get everything in, get, get everything in right now um so yeah it just becomes an endless cycle and then you wake up the next day and you think okay I have to restrict now and then if that happens and then and like there are times where like life gets in the way like, you know, for example, I remember one time I had, a, I had a cheat day and then like the next day I unexpectedly got invited out to like go out for dinner. And I was like, well, shit, this messes up everything because I had a cheat day yesterday and I was supposed to, you know, taper back today, but now I can't because I'm going out to dinner and should I say yes or no? And like, so like, you know, I, I kind of realized over time that life will get in the way and it's just not sustainable to have that kind of restrictive to binge mindset with cheat yeah. days. Um so yeah, that's, it's just, it's always been, I always love getting people's thoughts on cheat days because it's a very interesting concept. Um, and it's still kind of a relatively hot commodity, especially in the fitness industry. Um, just cause I see it a lot and I hear about it a lot. Um, cause I'm, I'm big into fitness too. Like I'm a CrossFit athlete myself. So like I, I hear and see it all the time, um, in the gym. So yeah, I love getting your thoughts on or, or people's the one thing too, man. And, and, and we haven't actually talked about this and I don't even think I told you this when we were messaging each other, but yeah. So my binge eating actually almost killed me, like literally yep. almost, almost killed me. Right. So just to kind of give, you know, give, give, give the, the listeners the, uh, the backstory, but, um, a few years ago, three, four years ago, um, after a binge, I love peanut butter. Like there are certain foods that I are just triggers for me and I don't keep in my house. Peanut butter is one of those foods where if it's in my pantry, it might not be today or tomorrow, but eventually I'm going to freaking go ham on it. Right. Um, so one night, I had just, after a stressful day, came home, I was starving, binged on peanut butter, like made a bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, was putting it on crackers. Um, that night, probably like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., I woke up with like excruciating pain in my abdomen. Like, I didn't know what was happening. I honestly thought, I'm like, man, am I, did my, uh, you know, like uh, appendix uh, freaking rupture? Like, I didn't know what it was, right? So I drove myself to the ER and they're like, yeah, like you got, you're, you're having a gallbladder attack right now. So they put me on some medication, um, sent me home. I was okay. Thank God. But that happened two more times, right? The third time it happened again, after a binge, after I binged on peanut butter, 
I drove myself to the ER and they're like, well, this time we got to take it out because if we send you home and your gallbladder ruptures, like you could have died last night. Like if your gallbladder would have ruptured while you were, you know, going through this or driving here, like you would probably be dead. So they literally had to go in the next morning. They scheduled emergency surgery and took my gallbladder out all because I had binged the night before. Right. So when I tell people like, it's not just about really, you know, sometimes it's not about body image or just, you know, looking a certain way. A lot of times, like the toll that binging and having a really, you know, like having one of those cheat days or cheat weekends, like it's playing a really, really significant role on your overall health. And you're actually doing long-term damage to your body, even though it might not feel like it then. Right. So, um, that, yeah, that's, that's so scary. Man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you're okay now. Like that's, and like yeah. when, when you messaged me that, that kind of scared me because like, or I kind of jumped a little bit because I've done that too. I've eaten a whole jar of peanut butter before. So, and like, luckily I've, I've been okay, I guess in the long term. Um, so yeah, it's just crazy how some, some people don't understand like the, the serious and scary dangerous effects of binge eating. And it's not just like, it's so much more than just like, you know, eating too much. Um, it's so much more than just like not being able to stop. Cause you know, you hear all the time, like, Oh, well just stop eating. If you're struggling, struggling with binge eating, just stop eating. It's not that hard. Right. It's not that hard. But it's just so much more to that. And it's just a whole psychological game that you have to play. Um, what was the driving force in, I, I guess, uh, having or almost dying was probably a big driving force in stopping. But like, how did you get to the point where you are now where you're practicing like the balance and moderation and you don't find yourself binging? That's a good question. And I wish I could sit here today and be like, I figured it out or I'm, I'm perfect and I'm cured. I always tell people like when it comes to food addiction, and that's really what I think it falls under. Like I, I have no problem telling people like I am a recovering food addict. Right. And it's like the same way someone is, you know, recovering from alcohol or they've been sober for five years or 20 years. All it takes is going back and having one drink and setting someone off and they're right back where they started 20 years ago. Right. That's kind of how I look at food. And, you know, I'm fully okay with admitting this saying, I'm probably never going to be hundred percent recovered from it. Right. Like I'm always going to have an urge to binge. I'm always going to have an urge to add a little bit more rice to my plate or, you know, have an urge to have the entire, you know, package of cookies instead of just having one or two. And I think it's like any relationship in life, you know, it's a work in progress right now. The thing that I think has helped me is just like, building momentum and stacking wins and, you know, trying to stack as many wins as I can, which gives me the confidence moving forward to be like, all right, you know what, like, now I could put myself in certain situations to where I'm not going to be like stressing about it, or have anxiety about like going, going out this weekend or going to dinner with friends, you know, because in the past, if I blew it even a little bit, that was giving myself permission to go completely off the rails. And if I blew it at dinner, I would stop at a gas station on the way home and load up on chocolate and eat that on the way to the grocery store and load up on ice cream. And like, it was this crazy, crazy, like cycle of just, if I slipped up a little bit, now I'm completely off the rails. Right. It's kind of that, like all or nothing mentality that, that I would struggle with. It's like, if I'm either 110% on my diet and training, or I'm 110% off and I'm eating everything in sight, eating to the point where I'm like sick. Right. Um, so I think it's okay. Like how I explain it to people, I'm like, listen, it actually relieves some anxiety. If you know that if you're going to slip up here and there, like it's, it's actually normal and it's common. And I don't, I hope I'm wrong, but I truly believe that it's, it's 
almost impossible to be 110% recovered from binge eating or, you know, like sugar addiction or food addiction, because food is the one thing we have to eat to survive. It's not like quitting drugs or alcohol to where it's like, well, you can quit alcohol, you can quit drugs, you don't need those to survive. But with food, it's like, you're always going to have to manage your relationship with food in some way. And there's always going to be some type of urge or temptation to, you know, want to want to go, go crazy. It just is what it is. Right. So, um, it's a relationship. Like, like I have a relationship with food and managing it. It's it, it resets every single day, every single morning I wake up, I'm like, okay, I have to manage my relationship with food today. I can't rest on yesterday's success. Today's a new day. I have to manage it today. And then tomorrow's going to come and I'm going to manage it tomorrow. Right. So I, I, I take it on a, on a day by day basis and just stack those wins. And if I slip up, you know, two weeks from now, it's okay. The next day I'm right back on track instead of like allowing it to become an entire week or, you know, just going completely up the other way too. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree with all that. Exactly. And it's like, um, I, I like how your approach of like building momentum and taking it one day at a time, because that's really all you can really do. If you look too far ahead in the future, you might end up slipping up and you might feel that shame and guilt for it. And then just like you said, kind of spiral back into your old habits and, you know, cause you know, for me earlier in this calendar year, 2022, I fell back into binge eating for the first time in like two years, like consistently. And I like thought I hit like rock bottom. Cause I was like, well, I just went two years without binging and now I'm all of a sudden back into it. It just threw me off guard. And I just thought there was like no way out of it again. But then once you, like you said, kind of stack up those wins, stack up the days, you know, as each day goes on, you kind of realize, okay, it's been a week. It's been two weeks. Now it's been a month, two months. And now, you know, I'm here at like seven, eight months without it. And it's like, okay, like, and, and even if I do slip up again, that doesn't mean I shouldn't, you know, uh, discredit what I've already done or um, feel shame for slipping back. Cause like you said, it's going to happen. Like rec recovering, you know, like no matter what you're going through, recovering is not linear. Um, healing is not linear and that's totally okay if you have slip ups. Um, yeah. So that's absolutely right. Again, I think it, it's, it's so hard to talk or explain to people that don't have never dealt with it before. Right. Like I look at my brother, my brother is a year younger than me, great shape. You know, he's one of these people where it's like, he kind of eat what he wants and he stays, he stays shredded all the time, but he doesn't like struggle with food. Like me, I obsess with food. Like I just think about it all the time. Like to me, like a good meal or like, you know, cereal or certain foods, like I'll think about it all day. If, if I'm stressed out or have a stressful day or I'm feeling anxious, like my first inclination is I want to drive to the store, go load up on all the ice cream or all of, you know, all of my, all of my trigger foods and just like self-sabotage, right? Almost like, like, it sounds kind of crazy to say, but almost like punishing yourself in a way and like eating your feelings and eating your stress and eating, you know, like any anger. Um, but acknowledging that, and like you said, like kind of knowing that about yourself and like, there is a lot of trial and error with it. Like, it's not going to, like one thing I tell people with like an eating disorder or a binge eating or like food addiction, like it doesn't, it's not going to happen overnight, right? Like even if you start losing weight or start following a fitness program, like I'm a full-time fitness coach and I still like, you know, I, I have times where it's not just as easy as like eating less and working out more, right? A lot of times if someone is struggling with food addiction or binge eating, like those could actually make things worse and exacerbate the situation, right? Because now you're kind of falling into that like restrictive mindset. So now you're putting food on a pedestal again. Um, so, you know, the fitness industry is, is really bad for that because unfortunately we have a lot of people on Instagram 
or Facebook or YouTube, all these people look incredible. And you're like, man, they just must love like eating chicken and broccoli all day. They must not love cake and cookies because man, they always look great. But like I told you, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of these guys. And I know behind the scenes, like they're struggling, they're struggling too, you know, like they're, they're binging too. Like they're, they're, you know, they're doing things, you know, that they're not really putting out there online for people to see. So that's why I think having you talk about this and, you know, I, I've been talking about it. I think it's so powerful because it gives people hope and the people are like, Oh, okay, cool. Like I'm struggling with it too. Like there are other people that struggle with this. I'm not just going through it on my own. Right. So, yeah, exactly. And especially for us, like being guys in this kind of yeah. field and industry, it's just so like, it's, it's still so like stigmatized. I, I feel like amongst males and guys compared to you know because I, I think still if you walked up to someone down the street and said like hey like you know when when you think of eating disorder what do you think of and they still think of like a thin white woman that's just like yeah. how it is um unfortunately so um you know that's why we need people like us to you know continue to spread awareness about all this stuff but um you just mentioned you know at the end there about um you know when, when you look at these people in the fitness industry who are competing like they seem like they're on a pedestal um, you think they never struggle. Um, and I was looking at your Instagram content the other day when, when you first reached out to me and I saw that you've competed in the past. Yeah. Um, and I'm just curious to see like, what, what's that like behind the scenes, you know, when it correlates to like binging and yeah, like, I'm just so intrigued by that, like competing to binge eating like pipeline. So, yeah. So, so it's funny. So that post, um, I actually posted it last week. It was a photo of me like on, on stage, on a bodybuilding stage when I was 17 years old. So I had started my initial like weight loss fitness journey when I was 15. Um, and then over the next two years, I became obsessive with it. I became obsessive with like losing weight, building muscle. I hired a bodybuilding coach at 17. Um, and then I, I competed at, you know, in a natural uh, teen bodybuilding show at the age of 17. But in the caption to that post, I really spoke about that was the first and only time I ever competed because it took me about four months to prepare for that show, right? Like doing a ton of cardio, working out, following like a really strict, you know, bodybuilding diet, like eating six small meals a day. And throughout that entire time, man, like I was hating life. I was miserable. I was obsessing about food. Like I remember literally going to like the McDonald's website and just like, sitting there like drooling over like looking at the food that's how bad it was um and then as soon as the show is over what's really crazy man something about that like you want to feel proud of and be happy to say you did it but honestly the only thing i cared about like the week leading up to that show was i just want to eat like i don't even care if i get first place or last place i just want this freaking show to be over so i can go stuff my face and eat everything right and that's kind of what happened like the show is over I think I, I got second place. Um, and the next day, dude, it started this crazy, vicious cycle of just every single night, I would engorge myself and binge eat for the next like 30 nights, right? So I went from weighing, like, I think like I was like 180 pounds on stage. I gained like 30 to 40 pounds in the next like 45 days. Think about that. Like, just think about like from a health perspective, going from like 180 pounds, you know, and, and gaining that much weight in that short amount of time, like, that's not healthy. It's not good. But I became so obsessive with food because my body was just in this like, you know, crazy deprived, like starvation mode for the last four months that once I started, like there was no stopping, you know? So, um, it was looking back, I'm happy to say I did it, 
But going through that process again, I understand how bad it was psychologically and like mentally and emotionally. And it, it made my problem with food 10 times worse. Wow. Yeah, that, that's an incredible like perspective from your end. That's just like, I can't even imagine like, because you said you trained for what, four months for that. And yeah. so that's four months of basically just restricting and like yeah. eating practically nothing. And then going from that competing and then ended up binging for 30 days, you said around that's. It was like 30 to 40 days. It was, it was bad. You know, I, I just, again, it's kind of like that all or, 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 or nothing mentality. You know, every meal I ate after that show, I felt like was almost my last meal. And I would go to bed every night, just feeling like an engorged tick, you know, just like my stomach out to here, but like being, you know, being fat and happy almost every night. But like I said, man, the weight came on so quick because I was so restrictive for like, you know, four months. So it wasn't, it wasn't healthy. And again, too, like a lot, a lot of people that I know that still compete today, it's the same thing. You know, they're busting their butt for so long to get ready for this one day on stage. And then it's like, you see them two weeks later and they look I'm like, well, dude, what happened? You were like 5% body fat like two weeks ago. And now you're like, you look like, you know, you're 20%, right? And it really happens that quickly. So you know, competing is, it's, it's a whole other animal that I, you know, I, I don't really advise, especially if you do have an eating disorder or, you know, have those tendencies to binge and things like that. Like it's only going to exacerbate the problem and it, it's not going to fix it. So yeah, 100%. Um, I'm just curious, how, how soon after the competition did you have your first meal? Like, Oh, dude, I was <laughs> as soon as 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 soon as the show is over, I had carrot cake in my hand within <laughs> five minutes because all my family and friends, right? It's like, well, you know, what's the first thing you want to eat? Because they know like they just saw you busting your ass for, you know, four months on this. Right. So like they want to, you know, they want to bring you, you know, all the goodies and all the good foods that you've been depriving yourself. And I love carrot cake. So, you know, my family like had carrot cake literally waiting there for me I'm, I'm eating it on the way to the restaurant um it, it was just bad man it's you know looking back I could laugh at it now but I'm like dude it, it was not a fun time in the moment and that's insane I, I I can't even imagine that's yeah. just, even just like just that the, the four month period before that just like I feel you just have no like will to do like anything you just feel yeah. so drained and like in a way like I'm very competitive and I think it can be good from a, from a discipline perspective and having a goal in front of you, like it can keep you like very like focused. Right. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I think it's even more important to have a strategy after like one thing I tell people now is if you are going to compete and do a show, which I don't think there's anything wrong with, but you have to have a plan, a post show plan, because if you don't have a plan in place or don't give yourself any freedom to like actually eat more food in a healthy way, then what happens is you've been depriving yourself for so long that now once that show is over, you're going to swing the completely other way. And like, you know, when it comes to extreme behaviors or like extreme traits, like if you're over here getting ready for a show, that's one extreme. Once the show is over now you have no more, you know, show date in front of you and you don't have a reason to really be like, you know, militant about your diet or training. Well, guess what? Now it's going to swing the other way, even more extreme, right? So now you have one, one extreme of being this, you know, crazy in shape, disciplined guy, but now over here, there's no restraints and no plan in place. Now you're going to be on the other side of it where you're just eating everything in sight and you're going to look like a, you know, roly poly, right? So um, having a post-show plan, I think is more important than actually getting ready for the show itself. Yeah, that's good advice. That is, that, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Um, 
So yeah, so so you've gone through all this um, turmoil and triumph through eating and fitness and competing. Um, it's one thing to go through it, but it's another thing to openly talk about it. Um, so what led you to publicly talk about what you've gone through on social media? Because it's a really hard thing to do. Like it's yeah. so- that's a good question, man. So um, out of out of college, I actually got my business degree. I, I had always loved fitness, right? I just didn't think like I could ever, you know, make a career out of it or actually, you know, like do something with it, right? So I went into the finance world, started, you know, working in corporate America, hated it, was working in a cubicle, was depressed and just, I'm like, I can't do this for the next 50 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back into personal training um, and this was about like the time, like Instagram was starting to kind of come on the scene, things like that, right? So um, as I was personal training, you know, my, my clients, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start posting my story, right? Because I would see all these other guys out there that were posting, you know, content. They were shredded. They were looking great. But it wasn't like any like real impactful help. Like, okay, well, this guy looks great. But how, like, how can he help me? Or how can I follow, you know, a program to, to look like that? So I just started sharing my story. And I'm like, you know what? The only thing that I could use to stand out in the fitness industry, because let's face it, the fitness industry is extremely saturated with everyone. Everyone today, they lose five pounds. And now all of a sudden they're a fitness coach or a fitness influencer. Right. (laughs) Um, So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be like extremely vulnerable and open and honest with my own struggles. What worked for me, what helped me, what didn't work for me. Um, And I just started growing. Like people just started following and you know reaching out and asking questions um and this was like you know like 2015 2014 right and you know it's kind of slowly been um been building you know from there but one thing i tell people i'm like hey if you have a story the most powerful thing someone has is their own story like no one could copy your story right like and the more i started sharing my story the more positive engagement i started getting from people and they're like well like me too. Like I've been struggling with that too. I've been dealing with that too. And um, you don't realize how many people are out there struggling with the same things. Like, again, the reason why we're talking right now is because I saw your content. I'm like, dude, this guy is like, he's struggling with the same thing that I've struggled with. And I know millions of people out there struggle with, but no one wants to talk about it because it's not the, you know, it's not the sexy thing to talk about. It's not the, Hey, buy my supplement and you look like me thing to talk about. Like these are the things that you can't really fix overnight or, you know, there's no like supplement to take to fix it or no program to buy it. Like a lot of times, like you said, it's admitting that there is an issue and going through a process of trial and error and, you know, um, reaching out for help too. I think, you know, I've, I've seen therapists before about my eating, like, you know, a few years back, I was so desperate for help that I actually, was meeting with a therapist to just talk about like, why am I binge eating? You know, what's triggering it? Like, is it my childhood? Well, I had a great childhood. So it's not that like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm binge eating. And, and for, for some people it's okay too. Like why, when I, when I'm stressed, I just want to, I just want to stuff my face with cupcakes. Like, why is that? Right. And one thing I learned is a lot of it is just learned behavior. You know, maybe you've done it a few times 20 years ago and now you associate like, you know, pleasure or, you know, um, reducing your stress levels with eating sugary, tasty foods, right? So a lot of it is too, like, um, you know, uh, like there are some scientific reasons why, why people do binge eat, you know, like 
if we are stressed, why most people reach for, you know, Doritos or cookies, because we found out years ago, like if our cortisol levels are, are elevated, which means we're stressed by having glucose or sugar, it eliminates the cortisol in our bloodstream. Right. So that's kind of like a scientific reason why, but again, you know, being 2022 now, our early ancestors didn't have the ability to just go to this store and grab whatever they wanted back then. Right. So now we, we almost have it like too easy to where there's always food around foods are created to be extremely palatable and tasty and sugary and make us want more of it. So managing that relationship is like really, really tricky. And you have to be very intentional about it. Like one thing I tell people is like you have to be intentional about addressing this. It's not going to fix it. It's like, you don't just solve binge eating or solve an eating disorder on accident. It's not going to happen. Like you have to address it as an addiction. And that's how I've addressed mine. And it sounds extreme. Like some people would be like, dude, isn't that extreme? It's like, yeah, I have an extreme problem. Right. And it is what it is, you know, like, sorry, but not really (laughs) like this is my own battle and I have to deal with it and I have to fix it or figure out a way to kind of navigate it. So that's what I'm going to do. And I, I, you know, people have to have to do that for themselves too you know, without having other people make them feel bad about it or guilty about it or silly for having it. Like there's a lot of situations in my life, man. And a lot of, um, a lot of events that I actually didn't participate in because I was so afraid that I was going to binge eat birthday parties. Mm-hmm. I knew there was going to be cake there and cookies and pizza. And like, you know, the, like what you said before about like, well, I had pizza last night. I can't do it again tonight. Right. Cause I know it's going to cascade into tomorrow. I've lost a lot of time and a lot of opportunities because I was so like, just, you know, um, dealing with this food issue, you know, but like I said, we all have our own struggles and battles with it. We all know our own triggers and we have to navigate it and treat it accordingly and take it very serious. Because if not, my biggest fear is it's five years from now and I'm still having the same struggles or same issues or same unhealthy relationship. Right. Like I said, will it ever be fixed hundred percent? No, I don't think so. But are there ways I could really manage it as, as best as I can and reduce the amount of slip ups? Like, yes, that's, there's no, there's no question about it. Right. And I think you're, you're a perfect example of that. I'm a perfect example of that. And all we could do is just try to stay consistent. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, so powerful. Uh, awesome stuff, man. Like it, you're, you're so right. Like um, everything we do, it's like, it, it's so hard to like, um, I don't even know. It's just, it's so hard to like, like we're saying, just go through it and then also be open and upfront about it. And, and that's how you actually take the action and the correct steps to actually improve and see a change for the better, um, taking action and not keeping it bottled up inside of you. Cause that's like one of the worst things you can do. Cause I did that for years. Like I didn't tell anyone about my struggles for years and I it didn't help. It didn't do anything. It wasn't until I actually decided to tell someone I trust, um, or the people I trust about it and it helped and then now talking about it on the internet and then seeing that so many other people thousands hundreds of thousands of people millions of people go through this stuff too and you're not the only one going through it and um yeah it's truly powerful what you know someone can do on the internet to help others and seeing someone else go through it it, it goes just beyond measure it's it's crazy yeah. So. yeah man yeah again listen like in summary I want to thank you because you know you have had the courage and, you know, like to really talk about this and bring it to the forefront. And like you said, I think the only way that people are going to get better and recovered and, you know, live a healthy lifestyle is by 
knowing that, hey, there's a lot of people that struggle with it. Even guys that are fit, you know, guys that look like you or look like me, like we struggle with it too. You know, I, I used to think that binge eating, like, you know, only people that were on the show, like my, my 700 pound life struggle with binge eating. You don't realize how many people that are in the gym, they are working out, they are eating healthy most of the time, but for the other 20% where they're, they're like, they're off the rails completely, you know, that's just as unhealthy too. Right. So, um, yeah, man. Again, thank you for everything you're doing, dude. I'm inspired by you. And um, like I said, the only thing we can do is keep talking about it, keep bringing awareness to it and just letting people know, like, you can beat it, right? It's not, it's not, uh, you're not defeated, but you just have to be conscious of it and mindful of it and just make it a priority and, and uh, you know, go to battle every day. So. Exactly, man. I really appreciate that. And, and same goes to you, man. Your stuff's so inspiring. And it's just like, it's just so refreshing to see someone like you in the fitness industry, you know, talk about this kind of stuff because it's, it's just, it's still taboo to talk about. And it's just nice to, it's just a nice change of pace. So I, I, I appreciate your content as well, man. It's, it's great stuff. Well, thank you, brother. Yeah. All right. Well, Steven, this was great. I'll, I will link all of your socials in the description for anyone who wants to check you out. Um, thank you so much for coming on, man. This was awesome. Great conversations. It's always nice to talk to another guy in the field. So it's great, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me. We'll have to do it again soon. Oh, absolutely, man. Anytime. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bobby Podcast. If you found this episode relatable, if you resonated with it in any way, if it made you feel less alone, that's truly amazing. That's incredible. Um, because that's the goal of this podcast. I really want to make and help others feel less alone, in whatever they're going through, because this, this stuff is tough, you know, like ED recovery is tough and I never want anyone to feel alone in this. Cause I know there were times I felt alone. So, um, I never want anyone to feel alone. So if you, um, found this episode enjoyable, make sure to subscribe to this podcast, check out my TikToks. Um, I will leave all those links in the description. I really appreciate you listening. You're all the best. Have a great rest of your day.